0: Uh, so, um, yes, with this new year, we are in a new series. Uh, each year for the past—I can't even tell you—I think four, five, six years, maybe—we started out the the um, the year with a series on prayer. Woo. Woo! Dan says that is Dan's small group. His his small group on Wednesday night is is completely focused on um, prayer. So, if you want to uh, be a part of that. Um, he would love to have you, and, and he won't make you do crazy things or anything. Like pray out loud. <gasps> uh, we got so we we, uh, we we do need to focus on prayer, and, and I have here that as we um, as we start this series, um, the, the series that, that we're starting obviously is it, focused on prayer. But I, I believe that prayer is, is a central element to the health of a church. Now, when I say that, I don't want to say it's the central element, because then people say, well, what about Jesus? No, I'm saying it's a central element. I and mean, we'll see today as we, we um, uh, talk about a prayer of Paul's, but it's a, it's a central element to the health of a church. If you see a church that's unhealthy, the first thing that we need to ask is, uh, are they praying? Because if the church ain't praying, then it's going to be, that's a, a, a sure way of becoming unhealthy or a sure sign of being unhealthy. Uh, I believe that that we are a praying church. Can we do better? Yes, everybody can do better, right? It's like when I ask you, every one of you, when I ask you, how are you doing reading your Bible? Well, I could do better. Duh, everybody says that. But what I, I want us to understand is even though we can do better, but we need to make sure that we are doing this. And this is praying. Now, this is individual prayer, but it's also praying corporately. Uh, for those of you that uh, are, are uh, nervous about praying, <clears throat> that's okay because most nervous people or most people that are nervous about praying, um, just they, they say things like, well, I don't know what to pray for. So, uh, that's okay. Hopefully today you'll, you'll see something here and then in the weeks to come you'll see more. But I hope and my desire for this series is that we look at prayer, not in a new way because I don't think I'm going to teach you anything new under the sun, but we look at prayer and the essentialness and the power that is in it and also look at prayer and how we can do something to help our brothers, our sisters that are maybe not even in our midst, but we know. So with that, I want to ask a couple questions to you. Uh, how are we supposed to approach God in prayer? That's one of the things that we're going to look at today is how we approach God in prayer. But ask yourself, how do you, how do you think that, that we approach God in prayer? Does it really matter how we approach God in prayer? Yo, God, what's up? I mean, everybody's seen like Jesus is my homeboy t shirts right? No, you never seen that? Yeah, it's out, they're out there. I think Madonna actually wore one that said that. But, but do we just say, yo, 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 whatever? I don't know. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, big guy. Upstairs. Whatever. Do we just say that? I mean, is that how we uh, uh, approach God? Here's another question. Um, do you believe that God has a plan and works according to it? So when we're talking about prayer, do, this may sound like an, an odd question. Well, we're going to talk about prayer. What does it matter about God's plan? Well, what we're going to see is God works according to his plan. And when we pray, we need to pray according to God's will, God's way, his plan for us, his plan for creation, his plan for everything. Because what happens is we have a tendency to pray for me, 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 what I want, what I think is is best, what I think, well, if I could just have this, then this would be better. Well, here's the deal. I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for things because God does put desires on our heart. But what I, what I want to focus on is when, when we pray, how are we lining up with God's will according to His glory? How are we lining up to that? So that, that's where we're going to be today. Uh, if you want to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, as you're, you're opening there, you're going to see the big idea. And I wrote it down here on uh, the, the sermon notes here for you. Um, actually, Shelley wrote it down here on the sermon notes for you. And, and in your big, in the big idea for today's sermon, I'm going to um, adjust the, uh, the the type here a little bit because it, in this, when I say I'm going to adjust it, it's not that this is wrong, but I want to get a little bit more personal. When I sent these notes to, to Shelley, I was thinking on one line of you know our approach, but I want to make this personal and I want to speak directly to you and say your approach. So the big idea, your approach and appeal to God in prayer determines the health of your relationship with Him. Now, I will also say our approach is definitely something we need to look at as well. But if you are approaching God and you are appealing to God correctly, and please, don't be one and say, well, wait a second. There's a special way in which we got to pray. I'm not saying that. Hear, hear me out. But if you are approaching and appealing to God in accordance with his will, the way in which that, you do that will determine the health of your relationship with him. Well, what I mean is if, if I were, um, or let's, let's do this. If um, Gabe were to, to, to come up to me, and he didn't have confidence in what he didn't have confidence in me to do whatever it is he was going to ask. When he comes up to me, why would he really even come up to me and ask me something? Hey God or God, yeah, no, don't say that. Uh, hey Dad, uh, can, can, can you? I know you really can't do that. Oh, here's an even better. Here's an awesome and, and thank Moose for this one. Here's an awesome illustration. Legit. So. No, 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 listen, so, so Moose sent me a text on Friday, I think it was, and it's a, a picture of a pallet bed, a, a bed made out of pallets, and she asked me, Dad, can we do this? I don't, you, guys don't, you guys don't see the irony in this, do you? <laughs> Well, you're just being, being gracious. She's asked me, Dad, can we do this? I, I, I text her back, like, maybe? Because <laughs> I don't have confidence in my, in my carpentry skills. All right? All, regardless, regardless my, my daughter, she asked me, and she said, Hey, can we do this? Well, now what she knows is I'll, I'll pick up the phone and say, Hey, Pappy. <laughs> I, I, hey, hey, Pappy, get get Kalina, and we got a bed to make. <laughs> you, you make. I can make. I can definitely. I'll bring you coffee, however you however you want. But understanding, it's all about the approach. It's all about the the appeal uh, to God when we when we are um, thinking about prayer. So in Ephesians chapter uh, three, I want us to look at a. a um, some will say this is a prayer of, of Paul's. Um, I, I don't believe that it is a... Well, I, I, hear, hear me out when I say this. I don't believe it is a prayer as if these are, this is his, these are his exact words in which he's speaking. I think this is, as we look at it, it's kind of like an overview of a prayer in which he is praying. Um, and, and as we, we look at this prayer in chapter 3... I want us to get a little bit of background for um, uh, the, the, this letter here that Paul writes to the Ephesians because I think it's important uh, to, to understand what, what it is that it, it, he's saying um, by the experience in which he had with these people. Because Paul is not just um, sitting down at his desk one day and has heard about this place and says, oh, I'm going to write a letter to them to encourage them or to whatever. No, he, 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 he has a relationship with this, with this church. Uh, the, 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 um, the city of Ephesus, which, which this is a, a very important part of it, the city of Ephesus is a very affluent city. This is not a city like, and I'm going to use the word hick town, it's not out in the boonies, it's not as if uh, Paul was like, i got to get this church in order because you know they're out in the sticks, they're out in Atwater, and no one's out there with them, right? So it's, no, 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 this church that is here in Ephesus, this is an affluent, um, affluent city. It's an important trade city. So when, what, is, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, if we understand trade way, way back then, that trade was everything, so when you have, tra- they're a port city, so they're they're, they're sitting alongside the water and the, the ships are coming in and they're unloading these ships and they're putting them on uh, the um, the tractor camels or whatever you want. To, the, the D- is it DHL, right? DHL or FedEx or they were probably uh, UPS because they were all uh, Buster Browns and brown covered wagons or is that uh, Wells Fargo? The Pony Express. I don't know, but they put and then they take him throughout Asia. This was on the way west coast, but it was an important city. Why is that important to know? There's a lot of people that were going in and out of of Ephesus. With a lot of people going in and out of Ephesus, I don't know if you guys know this, but when you have a lot of people, you have a lot of opinions. Mm-hmm. There are two things that everybody has: a opinion and a let's get into the word uh, but now understand that that, that paul uh, is is riding into this church, but this church is the church in which he planted on one of his missionary journeys uh, that he was in this this place um, we even have a, a text that um it gives the account of when he's leaving this place. he gathers the elders of the church together and he he gives his farewell speech and in that his farewell speech he says that um, that uh uh, he, he reminds him, hey, remember the three years that I was with you? The three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. So th- th- this is not just an ordinary church that he's sending off a, a letter to. This is a place where he spent some time. He did some life there. He had this connection with, with, with this church here in, in Ephesus. Ephesus. So that, that time in which we, he was there is probably around somewhere between uh, 52 A.D. and 54 A.D., somewhere around in there. Well, the letter is written in right around 62 A.D. So eight to ten years after his time being there, he's writing this letter. And as he writes this letter, I can... Picture in my mind. He's probably heard things. Now, this is this is a bad misfortune which people have with thinking about old, olden times, biblical times, as if um, the that, that information did not travel. People think, well, these people are secluded, and you know they didn't have Facebook and Instagram and. Twitter and Snapchat and whatever, all this me, social media. They didn't even have phones. They couldn't shoot a text or whatever. So they were just, des- they were just destitute because they, they didn't have a, a cell phone. I actually was talking to a young man at the gym the other day, and uh, I just asked him a question. Um, do you remember life without a cell phone? He said, I don't remember life without a smartphone, because <laughs> there's a difference, right? I just, so I'm like, oh, okay, Shannon is getting old. Um, but these people, it's all right, it's all right. She's like fine wine. Um, that's all right. Uh, but, but, these, but we can't think that, 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 that people just were, were ignorant to what was going on. Now, people knew, there, there were messengers, and, and there were maybe it was an instant where, you know, Donald Trump says something, and almost everybody on the West Coast is responding to it within seconds. No, maybe it was a, a day or so, but there were, was a, a, a clear line of communication that happened throughout the uh, Roman Empire. Uh, why do I say that? Well, because I think that, that we can easily see that uh, Paul would have known what's going on in this church. He would have been up to date on the status of what's happening. So I think that with that and his relationship in which he had with the people, as he's sitting down and he's penning this letter to to them, he's seeing their faces. He's remembering the struggles that he had. He's remembering the trials. He's remembering the tears that were taking place. And he pens this letter. And in halfway through this letter, he writes this prayer in which if you... Um, If you do like a a, a, a read-through of Ephesians, he starts this prayer actually back in chapter 1 and then gets sidetracked. This is what I love about Paul. He gets sidetracked a little bit, and then he tries to come back to it in chapter 3 and gets sidetracked a little bit more. And then finally, in in the end of chapter 3, he finally gets to what he wants to say. Anybody know anybody like that? No. This guy. So... Uh, Knowing the background here, look look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I want to read 14 through 21. I'm not going to explain all of it, because over the next three weeks, we're going to pull this section of Scripture apart. Today, um, we're just going to look at three verses. But I want to read the whole thing so you get context here. Uh, Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, I can't wait till we get to week three of this, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. I think that's where Randy Travis got it, forever and ever, amen, right? So what we have here is Paul's writing this letter, and when he writes this letter, he has these people in mind, and the people that he has in mind is these people he has a deep relationship with. I want to look at three of the verses here, verses 14, 15, and 16, and as we just look at these three, I think there's two things that we can see what Paul communicates to us. Uh, now, when, when he, I say communicates to us, he's writing to this church, but we are, we are reading a letter in which he's writing to this church, but we can see this as instruction for us today. Because remember, the forever and, and, and ever, amen? I know everybody's singing Randy Travis in your head, and that's okay. That's okay. But, but th- this means this is for us as, as well. As we look at, at these verses, there are two questions, and I put them on your, uh, your sermon notes there. Uh, The two questions in which we're going to answer today is, what is the proper approach to God in prayer? And what does a proper appeal to God in prayer involve? The first one, what is the proper approach to God in prayer? Well, well, first, why why does it matter how we approach God? It makes all the difference in the world and how we approach God. So don't sit there and be like, ah, I do it this way. Okay, it's fine. I'm not... I want to put this... I'm not saying that that your way is wrong as long as it lines up with God's way. Okay? So, y'all, somebody may be wrong. But it's not because I'm saying this. It's because this is is what God says. So, again, if you get mad and want to throw something, that's all right. I know that most people ain't got strong arms in here, so I, I can duck. But don't be throwing things at me. I don't. I'm not saying this. This is what this is what God is saying. This is His word. So as we look at this, we can answer the question: What is the proper approach to God in prayer? Look at verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knee, my knees before the Father. Wait, wait right out the bat, we can see what's what is the proper the proper approach to God in prayer. It all has to do with posture. It all has to do with posture. Now. When I say posture, will we say, okay, wait a second, it says, I bow my knees. We just Didn't we just pray, hey, hey, hey pastor, didn't we just pray and we were all standing up? Hear me out, quit being my, my, my resident legalists here. The posture, which, is what, which I'm saying, which we're talking about, can it be physical? Yes, absolutely. But it's a demeanor. It's how we are approaching God. It's, it's an, an inner working on how we are approaching God. And so, this does not mean that everybody, when they pray, they have to kneel. What Paul is, is communicating here is because, listen, he, he's writing this down. He says, I bow my knee before the Father. Now, that posture in which he takes, he, he's taken the, the, this, or he has this understanding. He's communicating the fact that I understand. What it means to go before the Father, I'm going to humbly but confidently go before the Father. With reverence in my soul, I'm going to go to the Father. So th- th- it's not the cowardly lion going, I have courage, I can't do this. No, 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 no. That's not the way in which we are to go to the Father in prayer. When he says, I bow my knees, that's a, it's a-, a posture of submission. When we go to the Father in prayer, when we pray to God, we need to enter in knowing that He's God. Now, when I say that, it's understanding the the second verse, or verse 15, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named, understanding that I'm going into the presence of the Creator of the universe. So we we might want to shake our knees and go, no, 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 but here's the deal. It's understanding that who He is the creator of the universe, the sovereign God of the the world, who He is, but He's also our Father. I can go into the presence of my Father with with submission, knowing, okay, I'm going to go in here. It's not because I'm going to bully Him. I can't bully God. And that's that's a problem with, with a lot of people in prayer. I don't think bullying is just something that kids deal with in, in church. I think there's a lot of people that struggle with uh, being bullies and trying to bully God in prayer. Well, the Bible says if you just say this and you... No, 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 it, it does not. You can't just say something and God is, oh, you got me there, I got to give you that. Now we're going to see here that He does say that if you ask things in my name that you'll get it. But that's, that's not just going into, into uh, my, my, my prayer time with God with the list saying, okay, God, you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this, and you got to do this. Because as we're going to see here in a minute, that's not how God operates. But what we have to understand here is that the, the approach in which we have, the proper approach to God in prayer is one that, that our posture is um, in submission. Some people will bow down on their knees. Some people will lay out prostrate on, 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 the, on the ground. Dan likes to run around the room. It's, it's, kinda, it's hard when we're in my office too, man. He bumps into everything. Uh, no, but, it, it, but it's a posture, not a physical posture. It, it's a, a, a spiritual posture, but it can be a physical posture. I, I know what, how my, my grandma, my dad's mom, my grandma, the one who had the biggest impact... Why I'm standing here today, but anywho, uh, I know how my grandma prayed. She had she had both knees replaced, and she still knelt beside her bed every morning. Matter of fact, that's where she they found her the day that she died was beside her bed. She was I, I bet you she was praying, "Hey God, just take me now." Okay, he's gone. Anywho, but sometimes it is a, a physical posture so that we can get into uh, the 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 a spiritual posture. So just understand this. When we talk about the, uh, the proper approach to prayer, understand that it, it has to do with, how is your heart? Now, some people will say, wait a second, the reason I'm praying is because my heart's jacked up. No, I, I get it, but are you going into that prayer expecting God to change your heart? Or are you just going to vomit everything out that you want to vomit out and just say, okay, God, clean up the mess? Prayer is about aligning our ways with His ways. Prayer is not something that we are informing God of something that happened. Oh, hey God, I don't know if you you uh, might have been out of the office that day, but I was, uh, you know, I, I hurt my leg, or I was in the hospital, or I lost my job, and no, God's not sitting up there going, "Oh man, I missed that one." Dang, no, no, no. We're not informing God of situations in which have happened. What we're doing is we are taking the situations that have happened and knowing that He can take something that is terrible and turn it into something that is glorious. We are taking before Him because we have uh, the, the, the confidence in Him. I, I love that to, to, to think about um, Hebrews 4.16 when, when we're talking about prayer. Because in Hebrews 4.16 it says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Don't hear what I just said, like if you're having a hard time, you're not supposed to go in in, and tell God. No, no, no. You need to go in and tell God, but you're not informing Him of something He doesn't already know. God knows it. God knows how stupid you're going to act tomorrow or the next day. The beautiful part is he still loves you. Even though those people around you might not. You're not informing him. Prayers, so don't ever, 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 ever think that prayer is informing God of something. Because if you ever have that, even that little bit of, of, of notion that, well, i got to tell God about this because he doesn't know. What you're doing is you're taking away from his glory. You're saying you're no longer sovereign, God. I've got to to tell you so you know. God knows. Sometimes it's only God that knows. We look at this and and, and we see that the posture is that of reverence and of confidence. But I I like how Paul, because I, I think this helps us understand the posture and the approach a little bit better. I like how Paul starts out this prayer. He says, For this reason... Well, if you're you're like me, the first question is like, what what, what do you mean for this reason? What is this reason? Well, it's got to be, if we we look back, it's got to be his suffering. No, 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 it's it's not his suffering, he's saying, is the reason. We have to look back just a little bit further, and we have to look at at, at, uh, the end of chapter 2. Because we have to understand what Paul is saying. He's talking about how two people are united. The Jews and the Gentiles are united to be one. And he's glorying in the fact that God has done this great mystery that no one could figure out, that the Gentiles and the Jews were going to be one people. Look at at, at verse 18. Chapter 2, verse 18, real quick. Paul says, for through him, Jesus, we we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So there's no disunity here. He's talking unity. So then you are no longer slaves. I'm sorry, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Two people are one built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit he is. This is what Paul is saying. For this reason, because God has brought two people together, because He has made one, because He has laid the foundation through Jesus Christ and what Christ has done, because there is one common goal now. The common goal is that the, 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 the common, let's say, denominator here is that Christ ha- ha- has uh, suffered and died in place of sinful humanity. And those who look to him for salvation, those who look to him to say, I can't get to heaven on my own. I need him. I need the blood of Christ to wash over me. This is what Paul's saying. Glory be to God that he presented this gift, and glory be to God that these people can now be united because of the gift which was given. This is the reason in which, which Paul says, This is the reason I bow before the Father. The reason that Paul bows before the Father is because of what Christ did on the cross. And because of what Christ did on the cross, and rising again, raising again from the dead on the third day, brings people who would not be normally together together because they have one hope. Here it says they have one spirit. Now as we we, we look at this, we can can think, well, Paul, he's just a spiritual giant though. Paul was one who struggled just like you and I. He says in Romans, I think it's Romans 7, he says things like, man, I don't do what I want to do, but I do what I don't want to do. What a wretched man am I. I think some of you have said those same words. I know I have. I I want to do... What does he say after that? He says, glory be to God though, that the Spirit of God who, who lives inside of me the spirit that, 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 can, that can guide me and control me, that spirit is the, the, the spirit which God has given to me. Uh, because of that, I, I love what he, he comes into uh, Romans 8 and says that um, that same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that dwells inside me. And if he rose Christ Jesus from the dead, he'd give life to our mortal bodies. That's hope. Understanding that's the this is the what the approach went, went in, when he says for this reason, this is the mindset in which he has why he comes into the presence of God the way in which he does. He comes in, he doesn't swing open the doors and hey, I'm here. No. He walks boldly into the presence of God because of what you've done. I'm here and bows before him. Big difference. Yo, God, what's up? Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. No one's had that in here, right? I think I'm guilty of the uh, hot food, hot wife. Thank you, God. Amen. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that one. Now, sometimes what we need to do, not sometimes, but every time what we need to do is think about our approach in prayer. Let's go on because I'm going to be here all day. My plan was to give you to a New Year's resolution to, to only preach like 30 minutes, but <laughs> it's like people saying I'm going to the gym. Um, <laughs> how many of you made that, that that one? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. This year I'm going to make it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and I'm going to do... Ah! Yeah. It, it sucks for those of us who really do go to the gym because you get in the way. It, but, but But all we have to do though is wait is wait, you know, until the first first or second week of February, second week of February, and y'all are gone. so hate me, I don't care. Um, I'm sorry, uh, not really. I was on my third point. That was the third point. I only have two. Uh, so that uh, let's get back on track here. Bring the bus back in the lane. Um, so that, was a, that, that is our approach. Our approach matters when we, when we uh, approach God in prayer. So let's talk about the appeal. Now when we talk about the proper appeal to God in prayer, um, I, I believe there's two parts to this. There's two parts to the appeal to God, and we see that in verse 16. In verse 16, it says that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. The two, the two parts I believe that are involved in our appeal to God are his way and his plan. Now, some people are going to say, well, ain't that the same thing? No, no, no. It's not the same thing. Because what we have to understand is when Paul is saying here, he says, For this reason I bow my knee before the Father, from whom every family on heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, this is the, his way part according to the riches of His glory. Let let that sink in for a second. When we pray, when we approach God properly, our appeal to Him should be according to the riches of His glory. So when you are upset with whoever and you pray one of those prayers, even that David prayed, and I don't think that they were very godly, whatever, um, those imprecatory prayers, God smite him for looking at me funny. I didn't know what, I didn't like the, what, what Dan said. So God make him mute. It worked. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an appeal to God His way. What we have to understand is that when we appeal to God, we need to pray according to His will, His glory, His way. So when we're looking at this, what what, what does that mean? How do I know? And I love having this conversation with people. Well, how do I know if it's according to God's way? Here's just a a, a very simple um, answer to that question. How do I know what my wife wants to do today? I spend time with her. I know her. We have a relationship together we got a relationship together you know hey you don't kick me <laughs> <laughs> but through my relationship with my wife i can know i can know what she likes and what she doesn't like spending time with her is the way in which i'm going to know that if i do this or if i ask this how she's going to respond to it and i'm a finite jacked up sinful human being and, and I, can, I can do this? Well, wait a minute, you're talking about a holy, righteous God. I, I get it. But God is not mysterious. So if anybody says, well, I, you really can't know what God wants. Yes, you can. He speaks to us. The problem is you're not listening. Well, that sounds pretty self-righteous early. Lee. I'm not trying to be self-righteous or pious or whatever. But if I want to know how God, what He wants, and if I want to pray according to His glory and His way, I'm not going to say, "Well, I just don't know. I can't do it." No, I'm going to investigate. Well, how do I? What does He say about the situation in which I'm in? What is His way? So then, what, what, but what happens is, well, you most not most time, yeah, a majority of the time, you know what the Bible says. You've listened to the bald man preach long enough, and he's covered enough of these topics that you know what the Bible says. But the problem is, you're not willing to do it God's way. You're still trying to do it your way, but you're praying that God blesses it. I'll tell you this God is not going to bless something that is not according to his way. Wait a second, I got this in my life, and I got that. Well, here's the deal there's a counterfeit out there. The, the, the devil is a counterfeit, he and he can use good things to entice you. Man, the, 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 the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil was not a, a, a little, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas tree looking tree. This was something that was enticing. He's been doing it from the beginning. So, so understand that when we're talking about praying according to his way, if we want to see God work in our lives, And I believe that you all do. I believe that we do. We we need to be praying according to His way, His uh, glory. So that, look at at what it says. That according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you, I I think of it this way, there's a loving Father that wants to give you, He wants to bless you, but He's not going to bless you in your disobedience. Because that wouldn't be loving. If Gabe is out in the middle, well, he's older now, but if when he was five or six years old, if he would be playing out in the middle of the road, we live on 183, so if he was playing out in the middle of the road, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to take him a basketball or a ball out there so he can play out in the middle of the road and he can enjoy himself, would that be loving of me? It doesn't matter how much he asks, but Daddy, please! Please! I, this would make my day. This would be what was best. I would have so much fun. He could do that. Some, some of you could do that in your prayers right now. God, please, if I could just... And, and, and God's saying, no. You're not seeing this, but there's a, a Mack truck that's, that's barreling down the road. No. Get out of, the, get out of there. Get out of that disobedience. Because there's a truck that can steamroll you. And I love you enough not to bless you so you stay there. I think that when we we do this, we have to to, to keep that in mind, that we have a loving Father that wants to bless us, but He's not going to bless us in that disobedience. That according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Uh, Next week, we're really going to unpack this a little bit more. But what I think that we have to understand is His plan, His plan, God's plan for us. And when we're praying, we have to keep His way and His plan in mind. His plan is to strengthen us. Is that His children will be strengthened. Strengthened with what? The ability to live a life of faith. Wait a second, that doesn't make sense. So No, it makes perfect sense because we are unable to live a life of faith on our own. Apart from the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, we cannot live a life of faith. Because what happens is we get to a point in our life and then it it gets hard, so we just rely on ourself. If we're relying on ourself, in that tough situation, we're not relying on God. We're not living a life of faith. That doesn't mean that we throw and we go abandon every um, logic and notion. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm, I'm saying is that as, as a believer in Jesus Christ, we have to live in, in a way that we believe that God is living inside of us, and that we believe that He is going to do what He says He's going to do. We need to believe with the apostle Paul when he says that, um, that, that, that the life I live in the flesh I live by faith. By faith. By faith in the spirit. The spirit of God who's inside of me. Not just, oh, well, I, ra- I rationalized it, and it makes sense. And no, no. You are strengthened with power. That's what it says. Strengthen with power through his spirit in your inner being. Too many times we don't we don't live as if we have the, the power of God inside of us. Well, the reason you're not living because you or you're not living as if you have the power in God, of God inside of you is because you're not praying as if you have the power of God inside of you. This is not getting all crazy, weird, or whatever. I'm not saying that. In a few weeks, Dan's gonna be preaching on praying in the spirit. I, I, he's not preaching on speaking in tongues. I just if, you, if you're thinking that right now, I know that he's not going to do that because that's not what that means. But what it means is praying in the Spirit is believing that Christ is inside of me. And he says, ask anything in my name and it will be given to you. How do I ask something in God's name, in, in, in Christ's name? It doesn't mean that you pray a prayer and at the end you say, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. It, it's not, that's not what that means. That's praying according to His will. Praying according to His way. Praying according to what it is that God wants to, to bless you and wants to do things. I'm, I'm excited for a couple of weeks when we get to verse 20 and 21 where He says, Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power that is, work, is at work within us. I'm, I'm excited for that because you can't, and I love this, you can't outpray God. Like You can't, you can't pray, well, I'm going to pray a big prayer. God's bigger than your prayer. But what we have to understand, we don't look at that as a negative. We look at that as a positive. I'm not going to be able to say anything. God's going to go, ooh, that one's a difficult one. That's why my prayer, like I said at the beginning, my prayer, I want to see 200. I want to see 200 in attendance. That's my prayer. Is God going to bless us? Hey, I'm praying that. I'm approaching Him. I'm appealing to Him His way. I'm going to let it fall where it may. Because I know that he is the one who's in control, not me.